I wanted to uh, just let you know that this uh, next three Sundays uh, may sound like a classroom. Uh, we'll try not to have it be too boring for you. Okay? Maybe if I see you uh, uninterested and falling asleep, I walk up to you and just touch you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, believe it or not, I'm going to be preaching for the next three Sundays on the most important issue outside of salvation to a church, to the people of God. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And today I'm going to lay the foundation. And because I'm laying the foundation, I have asked the ushers, they're going to take some time right now to pass out the outline of my presentation. And the reason why I'm giving it to you is because the outline doesn't have any scripture passages. It doesn't have anything on it but the outline. So I'm going to be talking about 20 principles and guidelines for spiritual gifts. That's what we're going to talk about today. I can't promise you we're going to get through it today. If we don't, we'll continue next week. But what I would like you to do is, as we're doing this, if you have any question, okay, because I'm not leaving it open for question and answer because of time, if you have any question, just turn it over. The back is blank, and write your question on the back. Write your question on the back. Okay. We want to make sure everybody has an outline. You ran out? We underestimated how many people will be here. Oh, they have, they have some. Okay, they have some more. Because we made over 50 copies. Yes, there's still one in the front here. Okay, I think if we if we need some more, I think you can make more copies. Right? We can make more copies. We don't want anyone to live without having an outline, 
Okay. Um, it's really important. That way you can write notes beside the outline. And uh, in the back also have questions because I don't want us to have anyone here that has a question and we cannot answer it on third Sunday. We're going to devote third Sunday to finishing and dealing with questions that you may have. I'm very sure you're going to have a lot of questions as we go. Okay. Let us pray. Oh Lord our God, our Creator, our Sustainer, our Provider, we come before you this morning asking for your wisdom, asking for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to teach us, to open our eyes and our minds. Help us to see, help us to understand. And help us to follow your word, O oh Lord. Teach us so that we will not be ignorant of your word, of your teachings, and of your directions. We ask this all in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. We're also going to have this available on tape. So anyone, maybe I'm going too fast for you, and you will like to have it, to play it over and over so you can understand uh, clearly what we're dealing with. So let us start. There are 20 principles, and if I spend at least one minute on each principle, we should be done by 20 minutes, but that may not happen, okay? But we'll try and stay as close as possible uh, so we are uh, true to the time that we have. Now, we're going to continue this. I said to those who were at the general cell group that every Monday night from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, I will be here at the church. Every Monday night from 6 to 7 o'clock, I will be here to help anybody that wants to discover their spiritual gifts. We have several tests that are available that are not designed by me, and I have one that is designed by me, to help you discover your spiritual gifts. Now, I said to people, and I'm saying to you too, I'll be here from 6 o'clock to 6.15, if nobody shows up, I'm gone. Amen. Okay? 
I promise you I'll be here from 6 to 7. But at 6.15, if nobody is here, I'm gone. You come later, nobody will be here. Okay? Uh, if you don't want to be here, I don't want to be here either. So I'll be here, uh, make myself available to help anybody that needs help. Okay. That's just for the month of April. Just for the month of April. Okay. Now, let me start. Maybe I should read passage of scripture, then I will, uh, I will define what we mean by spiritual gifts. Probably the most important passage for spiritual gifts is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to give you some more that one I deal with point one. And I want to read a short portion of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to, be, to lay the foundation and then I will define what spiritual gifts are and then we'll go through the 20 principles. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from the NIV, beginning with verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. Ignorant. Okay. The word that I used wasn't the word that I just wanted to use. Okay. I don't want us to be ignorant because the Bible says we should not be ignorant about this particular subject. About this particular, if you are a Christian and you're ignorant about this, you are really in the circle of uh, Christians that are ignorant. Ignoramus. Okay? You can be ignorant about a lot of other things, but when it comes to spiritual gifts... If you're ignorant about that, you are in bad company. So you need to understand this. You need to comprehend it, and you need to be familiar with it, and that will help you, and it will help the church, and it will help the Christian body everywhere. So this is really important. Okay? So... Paul said, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Some King James said dumb idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Listen to that. The Holy Spirit. We live, we walk, we study, we create, we do everything as Christians in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that deals also with our spiritual gifts. We're going to get to that. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 
There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. And the word men there is the word anthropos. And best translated as mankind. Are you with me? So don't say the pastor is just talking to men today. When it says in all men, it meant in all mankind. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are all the work of the one and same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, let's go to verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each of you is part of it. The body. And in the church, or the body, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, Third, teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Notice the one that was listed last. We're going to talk more about that. Verse 29, are all apostles in in grammar, in Greek grammar, and also in English grammar, the questions that you're going to get that I'm going to be reading this, they're called rhetorical questions. A rhetorical question is a question that you ask and you already know the answer you're going to get. So if I say, do birds fly? You ought to be an idiot to tell me no. <laughs> Okay, so, because I know exactly what answer you're going to give me, I ask it in a rhetorical way. So, Paul is asking several rhetorical questions. I lost where I was. 29. Are all apostles? Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Thank you. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. Okay, that's going to be our basic scripture as we go through this. Now, let me define what spiritual gifts are. 
Spiritual gifts are the special abilities and capabilities that the Holy Spirit gives to every Christian so that they are able to minister to others who have needs. Spiritual gifts are special, extraordinary abilities that the Holy Spirit of God has given to all believers, to all Christians. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has given you this special gift. And those gifts are the gifts that you're to use to meet the needs of others, especially in the body of Christ. Okay, that's the simple definition. Now, somebody wrote a book that was 600 pages to define it. I just did it in less than 20 seconds. And that's all you need to know, really. So, let's go through this. I call this 20 principles and guidelines for spiritual gifts. This is to help us all think about it in a general sense. We're going to look deeply into some issues dealing with spiritual gifts. But right now, I just want to list principles that I call theological and biblical principles to guide us in our understanding of spiritual gifts. Okay? Thank you for the amen. I like amens. Number one, list of spiritual gifts should be based on the Bible. Okay? Now, this is really important. Now, you will get why I said this is really important. There are four major passages in the Bible dealing with spiritual gifts. It's not all over everywhere. No, when we talk about spiritual gifts, we're talking about pneumaticos charismata. These gifts of the spirit. We're not just talking about any gift. We're not just talking about any ability. We're talking about spiritual gifts, that which is called charismata in the New Testament. And the passages that will guide us, there are four basic ones, and I'm going to add one to it because I think it's really important. When I wrote this a long time ago, I only dealt with the four passages, and then I kept thinking about it and saying, you know what, we need to add the one in Acts to it. Okay, so the first is, I'm going to give you three chapters in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I group all those chapters as one of the most important passages. Okay, one. So there are three chapters that I count as one. Okay, is everybody clear? On that, okay. Then the second place where we find the list of spiritual gifts is found in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. And 
we also have a passage in Ephesians. And that one is extremely important. We're going to talk about it later on. It's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And then we found a very short list mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. And then, like I said, I added another passage from the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 2. This is where the day of Pentecost, the Pentecost experience is recorded. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 21. So, this is the reason why I said the list of spiritual gifts should be based on these Bible passages. Okay. God is the giver of gifts. God gives gifts to everybody. Abilities to everybody. In fact, there was a book written a long time ago that says that every single person in the world has at least a thousand abilities. Each. You may not know them. For some of you, it may be the way you look at people. You remember when your mom used to give you the eye? And she's like, Two rows behind you, and she just looked at you. That's an ability. <laughs> Immediately, you know exactly what she is talking about. Some people have the ability to walk. <laughs> So, please, 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 don't say the pastor limited everything. When it comes to spiritual gifts, in order for us not to be ignorant, ignoramus, in order for us not to go out with anybody, anything that anybody says, you need to be careful to limit the gifts that you talk about to the gifts that the Bible talks about. Okay? You may have the gift of dancing. You know, the Holy Spirit may give you dancing in your feet or whatever, but that is not a spiritual gift. When you limit it to what the Bible teaches, then you have the uh, ability to not be confused by the teachings of some woeful teachers out there. Okay, there is no gift in the Bible that talks about uncontrollable laughter. Okay, you have to make up your own. There is no gift called slain in the spirit. If you look at the Bible, and there, there are a lot of scholars who talk about this, and some add about four or five more, talk about celibacy and, you know, different things. Now, please, there are a lot of gifts that God gives. We, we've been reading the book of, uh, uh, where we were reading the book of Judges, 
and we read about some men that were so good that if they throw a stone from here to where Sister Jewel Barrow is in the back there, and they want to hit a single hair on her head, they will hit it and not miss. That's how good they were. They had that gift. But that wasn't gift of the Holy Spirit. So we have to be careful that when we start talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit, we don't let people give us some gifts that they made up at some church in uh, Alabama. And it started going around by now. Everybody wants to do it. Amen. If you go to a church and everybody's laughing at the same time, get up and leave. It's not of God. Okay. I spent more than a minute on that one. Number two. Number two. God, the Holy Spirit, is the giver of spiritual gifts. Okay. Please say that to your neighbor. God, the Holy Spirit, is the giver of spiritual gifts. Amen. Amen. Sometimes when you say something, you remember it. Please, when you come to Village Baptist Church, I don't give gifts to anybody. I do not have the ability to give you a spiritual gift. If you got it from me, it's, it's not genuine. No bishop gives spiritual gifts. No preacher gives spiritual gifts. No pastor has the ability to give you a spiritual gift. The only person that gives spiritual gifts is the Holy Spirit. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read verse 11. Are you all with me? All these, what is all these? The gifts that Paul has been talking about are the work of one and the same spirit. And he, and by the way, some of you need to, I'm going to say later why your pneumatology needs to be very strong because some of you call the Holy Spirit it. Some of you were influenced by the wrong translation in the King James. Okay? But the Holy Spirit is a person. And that is why it says, And he gives them to each one just as what? He determines. Amen? So if you don't know the Holy Spirit, guess what? You don't have any. You don't have any. He gives the gifts. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts. No man, no pastor, no prophet, no evangelist can give you spiritual gifts. They can't. We have people come up today, they say, come up here. I'm going to pray for you so you can have the Holy you can have the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is nonsense. Okay. Number three. 
we must differentiate between gifts of the spirit and natural talents and abilities. I may be repeating myself, but it's good to specialize on this point. Everyone on the face of the earth has abilities. Spiritual gifts are extraordinary abilities given by God. Now, don't tell me because you are a school teacher and you become a Christian, God gave you the gift of teaching. No, it doesn't work like that. You can have seven teaching credentials on your wall. It doesn't mean you have the gift of teaching. The Holy Spirit gives you that gift when you become a Christian. Okay. If you have questions, I hope you write it in the back of your paper. Number four. You see, I'm moving a little bit faster because time goes. We must also differentiate between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? The gifts are this. The fruit of the Spirit is different. It's given to us in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is living in your life every day and you're emptying your life and allowing him to fill you every day, the filling of the Holy Spirit is an everyday thing. If you're being filled, then the fruit is going to come out. You're going to have love, joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, self-control. You're going to have that. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is the result of the Holy Spirit working in your life. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gift, you don't have to work for it at all. It's just given to you now that you're part of the body of Christ. Amen. Number five. Every believer has at least one gift. Amen, light. Amen. Every believer has at least one gift. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one it is given. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 also says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first, and on and on and on. And then in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Let's, let's read that real quick. Ephesians chapter 1, and verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace. So once we are believers, we have the riches of his grace. And one is the gift of 
the spirit. Okay. Number six. No one Christian has all the gifts. Right? Remember the rhetorical questions? Are all apostles? That answers it right there. So if you're not an apostle, you don't have all the gifts. Case closed. I went to a church one time. A lady came to me and told me that uh, uh, I should get up and do this. I said, why? I said, because you're a pastor. I said, why? I said, because all pastors have all the spiritual gifts. I said, not this pastor. I said, where is it that it says that in the Bible? Well, I don't know. I was taught that pastors have all the spiritual No. That's why the church is not just made up of the pastor. I mean, if you have a church that has all pastors as members, it's going to be a terrible church. No Christian can claim to have all the gifts. Some of us will have just one. Some will have five. Some may have ten. Some of you think you have 15. (laughs) It's really unbiblical to say that somebody has all the gifts. And Paul illustrated it by saying, you don't have a whole body. And the eye does all the work of the whole body. Okay, number seven. The singular purpose of the gift is what? Edification. Edification. The reason why God gave it to you is so that you can edify the body of Christ. Are you with me? Now, that means that the gifts were given to you so that the church can be good. So the church can be pretty. So the church can be effective. So the church can be great. So the church can be healthy. That's why God gave you the gift. If your gift is irritating somebody, it is not the gift of the Spirit. Your gift, the word edification means to build up. If you're tearing down, that gift was given to you by the devil. We're going to get to that later on. But it is important for us to know that the gift is given to you so that you can make the church better. You can make the church healthy. The gift is not to tear down anybody. Amen. 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 That's why I give you guys time for questions and answers. Because my preaching is not supposed to confuse you.
number eight. No single one gift is required of all Christians. Don't let anybody tell you that you are required to speak in tongues. It's so ridiculous that we have some churches today that actually claim that the sign of your Christianity is you must speak in tongues. And the Bible asks the question, do all speak in tongues? No. No. It's part of the rhetorical question. Case closed. Don't let anybody think that you should have the gift of helps. Some of you, I know you don't have it. (laughs) But that's okay. There is absolutely no one gift that the Bible says every Christian must have it. We're going to talk later on about some gifts that should have, we should have a portion or demonstration of them. But, you know, well, that's totally different from somebody saying you should have the gift of this. Okay. Next one. Number nine. Right? There are different kinds of gifts and varieties of gifts even in one same gift. There are different kinds of gifts. In fact, I mentioned to some people in my new membership class that I recognize at least 21 spiritual gifts. Which means you have variety. Variety. And in one particular gift, you may also have variety in that. The gift of healing, for example. You can have variety healings because it's actually in the Greek. It's in plural. You can have healings that come through some other things, you have healing that comes through just anointing with oil. You have healing that comes with different ways. Some of you have developed a way where you just say, ah, this person doesn't have the gift of teaching. Why? Because they don't teach like I teach. Amen? Amen. My son doesn't preach like I preach. I've told him several times he's a better preacher than I am. You see, when I preach, if you're in Nigeria, you will hear me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I remember preaching for one of my classmates when I was doing the doctorate at uh, Golden Gate and he made a mistake to invite me to his church. 
And when I started preaching, all the old folks started taking out their hair. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> One of them came to me after, you don't need a mic. <laughs> So there are variety, even in the same gift. You have the gift of preaching and teaching. It's different. You hear preachers, they're not the same. Just because your preacher preaches this way doesn't mean you should gauge everybody else by the way he preaches. There are varieties in the same gifts. Let's go to 10. I think we can do 10 and then uh, we'll close from with 10. Prophecy is for instruction and encouragement. This gift is for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. I want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Verse 3 is where I'm going to emphasize, but I want to start with verse 1. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Are you with me? For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He orders mysteries with his spirit. But listen very carefully to uh, verse number four. Uh, verse number three. But everyone who prophesies speak to men for what? Their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Everyone who prophesies. Okay. There are two kinds of prophecy that we notice in the Bible. Generally speaking, one type of prophecy is called foretelling. And the other kind is called forth-telling. One has to do with what they used to call the Hosea and the Nabi and the man of God who sees into the future and can tell you what is going to happen. That is foretelling prophecy. The prophecy that the New Testament talks about is the forth-telling. Telling you what God has already said and what God has already ordained in your life. And it is very important for us to pay particular attention to it. We're going to talk more when we talk about the gift of uh, prophecy itself. We'll go deeper into it. All right. 
So we've done number 1 through 10, and we'll do number 11 through 20 next week.